Hello, and welcome to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is your one-stop shop for all things nutrition, fitness, and mindset. Our goal is to help you make fitness and nutrition a part of your life, not your whole life. We discuss a variety of topics, including faith, self-awareness, sustainability and consistency, training programs, grocery store navigation, and how to enjoy your favorite foods without guilt or remorse. There is a lot of noise out there in the world of health and fitness, so we're here to provide real, reliable, and practical answers and recommendations that will keep you moving forward on your journey. My wife Ashley and I are your hosts, and please do not hesitate to reach out on social media to say hello, ask questions, or comment on this week's episode. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Welcome back. This is episode 146, and today we are talking about the most important things about fitness that no one is talking about. So this is, what, 2022. You're likely, if I had to guess, cultivating all of your fitness knowledge via your favorite Fitzbos on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, or across any other social platform. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you don't follow those guys or girls because they're knowledgeable, credible experts, right? Of course not. You were probably scrolling through IG or TikTok one of those days and saw a half-naked fit chick or a shredded dude talking about their workout or their nutrition and thought, yep, that's how I want to look, or yep, they're fucking hot, I want to look like them, and you hit the follow button. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. We all do that, myself included, Ashley included. We see people, we see physiques that we like, we want to try to attain or we would hope to one day achieve, and we want to follow those individuals because we want to see what they're doing to achieve that. But unfortunately, what happens is we start to associate physique with credibility and knowledge, and that's a problem because the two don't necessarily go hand in hand. Now, we've got thousands of people, you and me included, taking advice from folks who have no clue what they're actually fucking talking about. So that brings us to the topic today, the most important things that no one is talking about. Now, the reason why people aren't talking about these things is twofold. One, it's exactly what I just explained at the top of the episode. They're not the most knowledgeable, credible individuals. So they're not talking about the nuances or even the basics of things that have been proven to work. They're talking about the more, you know, gimmicky, flashy, sexy things. And that's the second reason. These things are not the flashy trends and gimmicks that you see out there. So we're going to start off here and go through the list. There is, what do I got here? Five of these, it looks like. And we're going to work our way through. So number one is going to be reps in reserve. Now, reps in reserve is the amount of reps left in the tank, so to speak, at the end of each set. Now, the reason that I'm saying this is one of the most important things is that this is a more effective way to monitor intensity in resistance training because it's relative to you, the individual, and that specific session. 
you're not always going to feel 100% when you walk in the gym. In fact, most of, I don't want to say most of the time, but within a week's time, there are probably only one or two days that you feel amazing, you feel 100%. The other three to four days, you're going to feel, eh, and there might even be one day where you're just like, fuck this, I don't want to train. So in those sessions, you're not going to be able to hit the percentages or the numbers that maybe your program is prescribing to you or recommending that you perform. So when it comes to reps and reserve, specifically trying to build muscle or hypertrophy, we're looking for one to two, meaning at the end of each set, your reps and reserve are one to two. So let's take bench press, for example. If my program calls for three sets of 10 on the bench press, when I finish my 10th rep in one of those sets, I should think, holy shit, I could have only done one or two more before I hit failure, before I needed someone to spot me, before I needed help. Anything other than that, we're likely not pushing ourselves or challenging ourselves in a way that's actually going to garner adaptations or results. Because our bodies are really, really smart. They adapt and respond to exactly what they're exposed to, no more, no less. So if we are not challenged, if we don't challenge our bodies, they're not going to change. So that's why reps and reserve is so incredibly important and so effective when it comes to resistance training. So that's number one. Number two is tempo. We've done an entire episode on tempo, but tempo is the cadence at which an exercise is performed. Right? It determines the time and attention for each set, which as we've discussed in previous episodes and other pieces of content is directly correlated to the mechanical tension, which mechanical tension is one of the primary drivers for muscle growth, right? So that's incredibly important. So the more time and attention we have, the more mechanical tensions that produced, the more muscular growth that will occur. And then for hypertrophy training specifically, we're trying to get that time and attention to be somewhere between 20 and 70 seconds. So imagine if you're not utilizing tempo in your sets and you're just sort of willy-nilly going through the repetitions as quickly as possible, you're never going to achieve 20 to 70 seconds per set. You're likely only working for maybe 15 seconds or potentially even less depending on the amount of repetitions you're doing because 20 seconds is relatively short. But how many repetitions is within that 20 seconds? If we're doing you know, 10 to 15 to 20 repetitions in 20 seconds, that's really, really fast, and that's likely not enough time under tension. So we already discussed the fact that mechanical tension is the primary driver for muscle growth, but it has also been associated with greater protein synthesis, greater increases in IGF-1, mRNA expression, all of these things. You don't need to remember all of those names, but they're all associated with muscular growth, development, performance improvement, etc. So they're all very important and they're all produced from greater time under tension, which is why tempo is so essential. It's also important to keep in mind about the number of repetitions and the tempo. So if you're someone who right now you're listening to me explaining tempo and thinking, well, what it, should the tempo be at 10 reps? What should it be at 12, 15? What should it be at 3? The tempo is going to be dictated by the number of repetitions you're performing as well as the stimulus that you're trying to achieve. So as the repetitions go up, generally tempo will have to decrease or else you'd be under the bar or have the dumbbells in your hands for a very significant amount of time. 
and it's likely going to cause more fatigue in terms of grip strength or midline stabilization than it would the actual muscles that you're targeting. So in general, as repetitions increase, tempo decreases, but you also have to think about if we're training for power or explosiveness, a lot of time under tension is likely going to inhibit our ability to express a lot of force quickly or generate a lot of power. And so tempo may not be as appropriate in some of those circumstances. So it's not as if you can just put a blanket tempo across everything. It has to be taken into consideration along with the training stimulus, the individual themselves, all these other factors. So make sure if you're someone listening that's never experimented with tempo, you start to follow individuals who are putting out educational content around this or hire a coach who has experience and knowledge in this area. Okay, that was number two. So the third most important thing that no one is talking about in fitness are work-to-rest ratios. Now, work-to-rest ratios are essential to an effective training program, right? Along with intensity, work-to-rest ratios actually help dictate the primary energy system that is driving the activity. Because our body has three energy systems, and we've talked about these in length in various podcasts and Instagram posts, but... The three systems are your ATPP system, (laughs) I didn't say that correctly, ATPPC system, your glycolytic system, and your oxidative system. Now, I don't expect you to remember those names, but you can think of these as fast, medium, and slow. So the ATPPC system, this is what drives higher intensity activity, heavier loads like 80% plus, and it's a very short amount of time. So usually like zero to 10 seconds. So these are short high bursts, high power activities like 100 meter dash, one rep max, deadlift, etc. And in order for that system to recover, it needs a long time, anywhere from one to five plus work to rest ratio, meaning if I worked for 10 seconds, the rest interval needs to be at a minimum 50 seconds if I want to sustain that performance or that activity for multiple intervals or rounds. Now, the second system, that glycolytic system, is the medium system. This is more moderate to high-intensity activity, uh, more moderate loads, like 60 to 67 to 85%. And that amount of time is usually more like 20 to 120 seconds. So 20 seconds to 2 minutes, this system is usually the primary driver in that time domain. This system needs a little bit shorter rest in order to recover or to reboot. So anywhere from like a 1 to 2 to a 1 to 3 work to rest ratio. So again, if I'm working for 30 seconds, the rest needs to be at least a minute, if not 90 seconds, in order for that system to recover and then perform once again. Lastly is the oxidative system. This is the slow, long endurance type system, low to moderate intensities, um, much lighter loads, like less than 60% and longer work intervals, meaning two minutes plus. This system is much more efficient, so it doesn't need anywhere near as much amount of time to recover. This can recover, you know, one-to-one or less. So those are their three energy systems, and our intensity and work-to-rest ratios are the primary drivers that dictate which of those systems is going to be the primary provider of the activity. Now, when all you do is AMRAPs, chippers, workouts for time, there's no guarantee that you're training the particular system that you want to target. 
Plus, it's significantly harder to sustain performance across a session or an individual workout when there's no built-in rest. If I just give you the three, two, one, go and ask you to go as fast as you fucking can and empty the tank, and it's a prolonged period of time, you're likely going to crash and burn halfway through. Or on the flip side, if I give you a really long chipper-type workout, like you'd see in CrossFit or Orange Theory at 45, now, depending on what pace I tell you to come out at, it may not be appropriate. It may not target that longer aerobic-type system, if that's my intent. So the point of all that is the work-to-rest ratios ensure that we are training for exactly what we're trying to achieve. And again, paired with intensity, because you can't just pick one over the other. But those two things, work to rest ratio and intensities, help dictate which system is going to drive the activity and ensure that you're moving in the right direction and that you're actually going to achieve your goals over time. Okay. The last one here is zone two cardio. Now, you'll hear this every now and again on Instagram or Facebook, but what is zone two cardio? Why is it important? There are zones for our heart rate. I'm sure you've heard of these before. There are five zones. So these zones are as follows. Zone one is the recovery or like no training effect. Think of this as walking. It's really like 50 to 60% of your quote unquote heart rate max. Then you got zone two. Now this is more aerobic in nature. And as I just mentioned, this is what we're going to focus on, but this is a sustainable pace. It's low metabolic stress. Um, it helps develop aerobic adaptations, which we're going to talk about. And this is like where you hope you hear people talk about the talk test. This is the pace at which you could hold a sentence without having to break it up and take a breath. So you'd be able to, to talk to someone. This is usually like 61 to 70% of your heart rate max. Zone three is more of an aerobic, you know, the we'll say the far end of the aerobic spectrum, pushing into the anaerobic systems. This is most people's default intensity when they're trying to train they'll usually fall into zone three which is 70 to 80 percent 71 to 80 percent zone four would be considered high intensity this is where you'll see like a two to four minute interval of work very anaerobic in nature it's unsustainable this is where you get that buildup of lactic acid and this is around the 81 to 90 percent and then zone five is an all-out effort. It's something you could likely only sustain for 10 to 20 seconds. Um, it's actually less defined by heart rate. It's more defined by like output effort. Uh, and this is very anaerobic and alactic. And again, something that is just truly everything you've got. And that's 91 to 100% if you wanted to throw a percentage on there. So those are our five zones. Now going back to zone two. We talked about how it's primarily aerobic in nature. It's a sustainable pace, and it produces these aerobic adaptations. So what are those adaptations? These are all the things that make us live longer. Lower resting heart rate, increased VO2 max, increased mitochondria and capillary density. You don't need to know what that is. Just know it's very beneficial. Higher cardiac output. Um, what else we got? Prevention of glycogen use, meaning you're going to be able to utilize more or prevention, preservation. You're going to be able to utilize more fat for energy as opposed to utilizing glycogen. Um, it's going to improve your lactate clearance, meaning you won't have that buildup as fast at higher intensities. Increase stroke volume, meaning how much heart your, how much blood your heart can pump each time. Uh, increase plasma volume. What else? Um, 
enhanced recovery, uh, improved ability. I already mentioned that one. I must have wrote it down twice in my notes. Improved ability to utilize fat or fat oxidation. So laundry list of positive adaptations that are associated with zone two cardio. That said, how often do you need to be engaging in this to achieve those adaptations? A great training concept, and I do not know who created this, so I can't provide credit, but it was not me, but a great training concept associated with zone two cardio is the 88-12 rule. 88% of your time should be spent in zone two, 12% of your time should be spent in zone four or higher. So if you're thinking about that in terms of breaking it down across a week, that really only looks like one, maybe two days within a week at which you are at zone four higher or high intensity type conditioning. And then the rest of the days are spent in zone two or a much more lower sustainable pace, low metabolic stress, which is typically the exact opposite of what most folks are doing. Most folks nowadays are training at higher intensities via group classes four, five, six days a week and spending virtually no time at lower zone two type intensities. So that was zone two cardio. And as I'm reading through my notes here, I actually missed one. So that was not the last one. We've got one more, and that is periodization slash, we're going to add this on there, consistency. And what I mean by this is just a methodical, purposeful progression of volume, intensity, difficulty of movements, etc. Now, I don't want to dive into the intricacies of periodization because that could be an entire episode. The main point of this is consistency and repetition that comes with periodization. Doing the same things over and over and over again for three, four, five weeks at a time is what it takes to actually get better, is what it takes to refine technique, to build strength, to build muscle. Constantly varied functional movements will only get you so far. And again, I've mentioned this in prior episodes, the goal of high-intensity group classes like CrossFit Orange Theory F45 is GPP. It's to get you decently good at everything, not great at anything, and just to improve general health. Well, if you're training for anything other than general health, whether it's muscle growth, strength, skill development, you need to be okay with monotony because that's how you see the hashtag games. That's how you make progress. So that's why... I'm putting periodization slash consistency in here as one of the most important things that no one's talking about. Okay, that officially wraps it up for this episode. So do me a favor. If you enjoy what you heard on this episode, if it was eye-opening, if it's going to help you along your journey in some way, please head over and leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a review as well. That's how we reach more people and change more lives through the platform. As always, I appreciate you so much for tuning in, and we hope you have a fantastic week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, Ash and I just want to take a moment to express our thanks and gratitude. We are so incredibly blessed to have your support and we could not continue to show up week in and week out if it were not for you. If you enjoy what you hear on this channel, please head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, leave a review in there as well. That is how we reach more people and change more lives through the platform. Lastly, if you don't follow us across all of our other social media accounts, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. Our handles are either ballistic.performance or ballistic performance across all of those platforms. Or you can check us out online at trainballistic.com. Again, 
We appreciate and love you so much, and we hope you have a fantastic week.